Welcome to the Catholic Link Podcast, the podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Rob Adams, and today I have a new guest on the show. This is one of my good friends from seminary. This is Father Michael Schutz, a priest of the Diocese of Raleigh. Hey, Father, how are you? I'm good, Father. How are you doing today? Oh, hanging in there. It is a disgusting winter rain day, if I can use a Bishop Barron quote. But uh, yeah, we are we are still here. Awesome. Same here. I think, but our weather is really nice, and you know, it's what life is. That's because you live by the ocean at some level. Yeah, you know, everybody by the ocean always enjoys going out and sun tanning and all that. So the Lord has to provide. You know? Oh, of course, of course, of course. So you have a, a good background in canon law. And so how about you tell people a little bit about what you do for your diocese in terms of the tribunal office and what that means? Of course, yeah. So in the diocese, I... um. I have many different hats that I kind of put on, but depending upon what is being asked of me at a certain moment. Um, I guess first and foremost, I'm a pastor in the diocese, uh, pastor of a parish in a town called Washington. And um, I've been here for about three years now serving in this community. Um, in addition to serving as their pastor, the bishop has asked me to serve as the dean of the deanery. So I kind of help coordinate the ministry with all the priests in the deanery, as well as assist the bishop in serving the priests, and then helping the bishop with personnel decisions. And with my canon law degree, which I was able to finish up and get after being ordained a priest, I've been able to serve now in the diocese on our tribunal as a defender of the bond, and that's the primary work that I do, um, but also serve the bishop or help the bishop with other canonical questions or issues, depending on what he what he's working on or what's on his mind. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. That is a lot of things to do. Yeah, there's a couple of different hats, right? But you throw them on, take them off, depending on what's asked, or, you know, take them all off when you want to sit down and watch the hockey. So <laughs> you've always been a hat guy, but you're like a normal hat guy, like a baseball hat guy. I mean, yeah, of course. Why not? And then I'm like a like a Viking hat guy. So, you know, it, I get well, that it's you know, different. We all have to be different. So it can't be the same. It'd be boring <laughs> otherwise. Well, so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is I think a lot of good Catholics, like people who go to mass, people who go to confession and live their faith, I think they really have a hard time understanding canon law, right? And and I think a lot of times they 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 kind of miss some of the some of the things that we have to deal with as priests. And then when they do realize what the law teaches. So for example, like uh, annulments, you know, when someone wants to come into the church and RCIA, uh, there's a lot of times we need to to get that person an annulment before we can bring them into the church. And they kind of start to think like, like the law works against evangelization. So like, what do you think about that? Does the law really inhibit our work or is it like something else? I think, I think actually the law, you know, at times maybe it can be perceived as like inhibiting our work. Um, but the reality is the law freezes up. I mean, if you think about like, laws in general, right? If you're driving a car, um, the laws of the road free you up to actually drive. You're not worried about what's going to happen, right? So, you know, if there's a stoplight or a stop sign, you know, they're supposed to stop and you don't have to worry. Hopefully you don't have to worry that the person on the other side is going to be going through the stoplight, right? Um, but so the laws really free us up because they really allow us to know that I don't have to worry about something at this moment. And I think, you know, it's, it's healthy or it's helpful for us to think of the laws of the church in a very similar way, right? The laws, they come across at times maybe as restrictive, um, but the reality is the laws allow us not to worry about stuff. So like if you know like there's a certain way in which we celebrate weddings or there's a certain way in which we celebrate the mass, um, the laws allow us to enter into the celebration because 
we don't have to worry about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is already being done. You know, think about like, think about when we go to mass, how many times do Catholics not even worry about what we're doing at mass? We just go through mass. We go, we stand, we sit, we kneel, we say some words, we listen to the readings, but we don't have to worry about what we're doing. We're not thinking about what's going on, but we're able to enter into the celebration because it's already there. And I think the same is with all the other laws of the church. They're meant to free us up in a sense so that we can actually do the work that's asked of us. Oh, no, no, that, that's, that's great. It's like the law is like a, it's like a guardrail keeps the, keeps the car on the road. Um, exactly. The one that I hear a lot from, from, in the, at least in my ministry. Uh, so I'm kind of in the middle of nowhere and I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of very zealous people, but I think a lot of people have a hard time understanding things like why we're so big about people. You know, if, if they're, they're in a marriage, the church doesn't recognize as valid or mm-hmm. they, they would need an annulment, you know, especially if they aren't Catholic. Um, and I hear a lot of people say things like, well, they're not Catholic. Why do we got to hold them to that standard? Um, but obviously the law has a reason behind it and it isn't just to make them jump through hoops. Right. Right. Of course. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not asking somebody to, to do the impossible necessarily. Right. Um, but I mean, the reality is with like, at least with the, the laws, the marriage laws, of the church, um, what we're trying to do is we're trying to uphold something deeper than just an individual marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. So all of us, at least those who have been married, you've entered into your own personal marriage. But at the same time, you're a witness to what marriage is in general, right? And so the laws regarding marriages and the laws regarding uh, those who have marriages that have failed and went and get remarried in the church, who go through the process of a decree of nullity, what we're trying to do is in addition to making a particular determination about individual marriages, we're also trying to uphold the dignity of marriage in general. And I mean, all of us as, as great Catholics and as good Catholics, we're aware of the fact that marriage is being attacked right now, right? There's there is a fight against what marriage actually is. And so making these people go through what they perceive to be hoops that they have to jump through, what we're actually doing is we're trying to protect the dignity of the sacrament of marriage and marriage in general, not just a sacramental marriage, but even the marriages that are that are validly contracted between two non-baptized people, right? We're, we're saying that these people have something here that should be upheld and be, be seen as different than just a contract that they entered into with Leno. Like, Billy over at the tire shop, you know, <laughs> right? But it, and that's something that that I think is really it's it's really cool, but it's also a little bit wild about Catholic teaching because it actually means that we really believe that marriage is a natural sacrament that Christ like lifted up into the into the supernatural order. So it's not it's not just like marriage is kind of our diet law, like in Lent, you know, like oh well. Catholics can only marry a man and a woman who have, you know, no previous marriages or otherwise are free to marry. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's not the same as like the, well, Catholics can't, can't eat meat on Fridays in Lent. It's, it's that this is what marriage is, that, that marriage is a thing already. And we believe that Jesus like lifts that up into something special. And I think the law is really trying to attest to that, right? Yeah. I think the law definitely is attesting to that. And I think Part of the challenge that people have, or maybe a challenge in recognizing it, is the fact that we've lost this sense of, um, I guess, a natural law, right? Like we've lost a sense of there being a fundamental objective reality to, to life. And we're just like, well, everything's just man-made. You know, it's easy for us to see that, right? We you know we, we see the cars and they've been constructed by men. They follow the laws of man. Um, but seeing these things outside of, you know, man-made construction it can be hard for us to find some kind of natural reality to it. And it's easier for us to say, well, this is all just 
you know, this is all just human creations is all just man-made things. And if that's reality, then of course there's going to be, you know, man-made laws and those can adapt and change based upon people. But, you know, what we, what we actually go back to as Catholics is that there's this objective reality, right? Like there's this objective truth to things. And part of why I think we're seeing this re-emphasis, like a re-emphasis upon the importance of, of marriages and in, in the Catholic church, especially is we're trying to draw people back to that reality. Right. And so yep. when we, when we say to the two non-Catholics who want to get married in the Catholic church and want to have um, receive the, the sacraments in the Catholic church, what we're saying to them is basically like, you know, there's something objective to this. Like you guys had a previous marriage that was beyond just a man-made thing. It wasn't right. you two just walking down the street saying, Hey, we're going to get married. Um, but really you entered into something that was written within creation. And so we're trying to uphold that. And there are always ways in which, you know, obviously things aren't properly entered into. And, you know, that's why the church has this whole process because there's, there are marriages and there are things that people have entered into that looked like a marriage in some sense, but in reality did not actually enter into objectively what that is. Yeah. Well, and what I gotta be honest though, um, I, I, I love that. I love that explanation because it's one of my, it's one of my little like preaching points that I've been, my soapboxes that I've been standing on for a long time. And it's that uh, right now, I think our world is really immersed in, in postmodernism. And, and I don't mean that like to like a philosophical lecture, but it's sort of based on the idea that we can't really know anything, right? There's no, there's no figuring out like, what is there a God? Has that God said anything? Is there a religion that actually speaks for God. And instead what we kind of devolved into is like, well, that's hard to figure out. And there's a lot of opinions. So it's your opinion versus my opinion. But if we mm -hmm. go there, what we end up with is a system of just power, right? There's liberals and there's conservatives. There's the right people and the wrong people. And I think that's what we see today in a lot of the uh, secular discourse around marriage, you know, especially, mm -hmm. especially with things like, like same sex marriage or whatever. It, it, it's not based around, um, kind of denying what the church teaches specifically. It's about denying something even further back, right? That that we can even know anything about creation and God and morality. And what it kind of boils down to is discrimination and hate. And that's not the case, right? The law right. isn't there to discriminate and hate. It's there to point out the way the world works. Right. And I think that's why too people think that like the law becomes um, restrictive for them, right? Because it prevents them from being able to enter into what they think is right and just in this moment. Um, but, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, as we were saying, like the law doesn't discriminate against individuals. The law upholds something that is beyond humanity, right? You know, when we, when we die, there are still going to be men and women entering into marriages. You know, yep. it's not our marriage. It's not our life, but the marriage is still there, right? And so there has to be something deeper than us. Otherwise, what's the point, right? Like, what's the point of marriage if, if it's just you and, you and the person you're getting married to? Well, and, and it's kind of, I think the way you put it there makes me think of something like the environment, you know, um, I'm not a big, big environmentalist, but I think the argument still kind of holds, right? Like if we pollute the environment around us, if we destroy the world we live in, we're not just hurting kind of some abstract reality. We're hurting the very foundation of our lives. And, and the church's law, particularly around marriage is trying to uphold sort of the human environment that we live in, right? Even if it's not the physical ozone and, and all that stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, we're trying to we're trying to uphold it, what we believe to be right and just that's going to help individuals live in the best way possible in this world. And what we also believe as Catholics will make them happy in the life to come, right? And um, 
sometimes that requires us to buckle down and, and stand up for what is actually right. I mean, I always think back to um, kind of the monastic movement in the ninth century, right? They, they saw the world around them that was kind of fighting up against what they had been seen and, and practiced in the church um, and in the world. And they decided that requiring to, that what was required was for them to really sit back and say, okay, no, we have to take this for seriousness and uphold all these things. And I think in the same way, we have to see the laws of the church in terms of um, marriage and, and all the, I mean, all the sacraments and all the things in general, but especially with marriage right now, like, no, we have to stand up and say, no, this is, this is the case, this is the reality. And that, that it goes beyond individual people and it goes beyond individual priests and it goes beyond individual bishops, right? This, this is, this is the church for a reason. And this is the law of the church for a reason too. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm sure there's a lot more fun things to talk about. Maybe next time we get on, we can talk about some of my favorite laws about like the rules about how much money a pastor can spend and, and all kinds of uh, the, the things that a lot of people don't know about, but really matter. And Absolutely. I've had to learn the hard way and I'm sure you have too, <laughs> but yeah. that's maybe a topic for another time. Absolutely. That'd be great. But thanks so much for being on the show today. I hope this has been helpful. Um, I'd like to make this kind of an ongoing thing. We talk about canons. We talk about the law because it's a part of Catholic life that has been reserved just to kind of a very small group of people. And the law is meant to really guide the entire church, not just priests, not just bishops. So hopefully that's something we can make happen. But thanks again for being on the show. This has been the Catholic Link podcast. You can go over to catholiclink.org and you can find not only this podcast, but lots of other cool little Catholic things to help deepen your faith. This is Father Rob Adams, and we hope to see you next time. <laughs>